Good morning. How are you all doing? Happy New Year to all of you. Hope you all have a blessed um, New Year. And those of you who are watching online too, uh, hope you'll have a great year as we put our trust in the Lord. We don't know what the year is going to bring, but we will put our trust in the solid rock of Jesus. Shall we come at this time to the Lord's hand? Father, as we come to you, we're looking to your word. We pray, Father, that you would bless this word to our hearts. And Holy Spirit, that you would carry these words in the hearts and lives of people who hear these words. Father, we pray that you would help us to focus ourselves and know that you are God. We commit, Lord, whatever we are going through this very morning, the struggles, the hardships, the difficulties, Lord, we give them to you. Thank you, God, that you're a God who carries our burdens. And with that assurance, we will face this year. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Anna, for reading that word. And the musicians, too, and for the worship and the sound desk for handling all that. And thank you for all that. When you're just about to do something, we are interrupted. We all face interruptions. I suspect we all have been there, and we all have faced it. Bags packed, about to get to the airport, interruption, flights canceled, holiday ruined. Sometimes these interruptions have great consequences, although very rare. But I would think that most of these interruptions are small but annoying. They are frustrating. And I think it's safe to say that COVID-19 has sufficiently interrupted our lives. All of you agree. Planned holidays, lunch with friends, steady income, worship, school, sports, graduation, weddings, and even shoppings have been canceled or postponed. All look quite different at this moment in time. Our lives have been interrupted, and it is frustrating. What is, what has been the most significant disruption in your life? Something has happened in your life in the past. And that disruption did not look very good. Let's see what Mark's gospel shows us about interruptions. In this case that we're going to see, the story that we're going to see, had some serious consequences. Mark chapter 5 is a fantastic chapter. We're going to be with this chapter this Sunday and the next Sunday. When we look at this chapter in Mark's gospel, we see three characters. A demonic man, Jairus, whose daughter almost died, and a woman with an incurable disease. Each of them confront Jesus. And in each of these cases, we see Jesus demonstrating his power. 
He's showing his authority over demons, over sickness and death. Each of these encounters are meant to show us who Jesus is. And what these encounters tell us, what do these encounters show us? They show us that Jesus is the Lord over all circumstances. Mark chapter 5, Mark deliberately brings these circumstances to tell us that Jesus is the Lord over all situations and circumstances. In all these three confrontations, we find that there's a physical posture involved. All these three characters, they, they know that, that this person whom they're coming in contact with is no average religious teacher, and that's why they came looking for him. They discovered something of who Jesus really is. And when they do, they all fall on their knees. All these even show that Jesus is Lord. So let's pick this story in verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Now it's very interesting when you look at Mark chapter 4, 5, 6. When you go home, look at this phrase. When Jesus says, let's go over the other side. Now all this happened around the lake of Galilee. So he says, let's go over the other side. And Mark, as he's writing this gospel, he tells us, as he uses this phrase, let's go over the other side, telling us, saying, hey, take notice. Something is going to happen here. So it's very interesting in these chapters. When he, uh, we're just going to pick up uh, just one or two of them this morning, but here we find Jesus telling this peop uh, uh, people, with him, let's go over the other side of the lake. And a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. In those days, the news about Jesus was spreading fast. This was long before the days of TV, emails, text, Facebook, Instagram. Long before all these things, the news of Jesus spread by word of mouth. And it spread fast because a large crowd had gathered when Jesus came to the other side. And we know in this large crowd, there were many people, many Jewish leaders who did not follow Jesus. They were out there to trap Jesus. These leaders were very angry that Jesus was teaching things that were so different than what they thought. But not Jairus. Jairus hears of Jesus. He comes to him. Verse 22. And that's what we're going to do this morning in this chapter, Mark chapter 5, 21 onwards. We'll go verse by verse and to see this whole encounter open up for us. One of, then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Now Mark is very careful in writing these, in, in these words. So if he's careful, let's, let's give attention. One of the synagogue leaders, what we read here is real and raw. It's emotional. You can feel the agony of this child's father. Here's a father who falls down in front of Jesus, 
with everyone watching, he begs for help. Who is this man, Jairus? And of course, Luke, uh, sorry, Mark tells us that he was a synagogue ruler. With an elite police force at his disposal, his duty was to ensure peace in the city. He was one with power and authority. Jairus was a Jewish leader, a man elected to the position of esteem in Jewish community. He was responsible for, uh, for arranging the synagogue service and overseeing the building concern. So this is Jairus, an important person, a ruler in his own terms. Here is Jairus at the feet of Jesus. The next verse, verse 23, it says, He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Can you feel the agony of this father losing his own daughter? This is no small act for Jairus when he invites Jesus. He, he wasn't just inviting Jesus for a cup of coffee. His little girl was dying. Try to imagine the sight of this ruler, this important official. While all peers maybe were, were angry with Jesus, but here is this man falling at the feet of Jesus and begging him to come and heal his little girl. Just imagine people, large crowd that had gathered on there. And can you imagine, what, what about his elite SAS troops that was watching him? What's going on here? What is our leader doing here? Jairus pleads earnestly with Jesus. His daughter was at the point of death, literally at her last gasp. She was dying. We sense the intense anxiety in his pleading voice. Please come and lay your hands on her so she will live. The picture here is a father driven by desperation. Who wouldn't? Which father wouldn't? To see his only daughter, a little girl, dying. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. A large crowd was there. It was pressed. The place was packed like sardines. The crowd was getting bigger. Jairus' daughter was on the point of death. He wanted Jesus to hurry, come to his house, lay his hands and heal her. And as Jesus turns around to go to the home of Jairus, to go with Jairus, there is an interruption. Not good. Imagine Jairus, he's in a hurry. He's desperate, wanting Jesus to come to his home. But there's an interruption. A woman with an incurable disease comes up and touches Jesus' garment and she is healed. The story just doesn't end there. And it says, and Jesus stops. And he looks around. Picture Jairus. Here is Jesus who stopped looks around, and then he wants to find out who touched him. He's looking around. Who touched him? 
in that crowd. Now, we'll pick up the story next Sunday. Fascinating to see the cultural background and the settings of the story. Back to Jairus. I can imagine Jairus is probably frustrated at the delay. And the delay adds drama to the story. I would imagine that Jairus is confused and upset. After all, his little girl was dying. We don't know exactly what was going in his mind during this interruption. Probably he was anxious, stressed out, probably chewing his fingernails. We don't know. He was stressed out. On the surface, Jesus' delay seems little insensitive. Don't you think so? Jesus knows the broken heart of this father. He knows the urgency of the need. But Jesus stops. He pauses. He stops to take care of the desperate need of the woman who came to see Jesus. It seems hard and harsh on the surface. But this interruptions, these interruptions, such interruptions in our lives have some important lessons for us to teach, for us to learn. Jesus doesn't always choose to heal people when they want the healing. Sometimes he's, he has a different plan, a better plan. And sometimes we find in the life of Jesus, he heals them instantaneously. And sometimes there could be delay in your answers to prayer. Or it could seem that there is no answer to prayer at all. I know most of us have been there, isn't it? We pray and pray, there's no answer at all. God doesn't run on our schedule. Delays of life are designed to help us to trust in God. Why doesn't God move as quickly as we might like or the way we expect? We don't know. But God wants us to keep trusting no matter what. And this story that we see this morning is just that. God has a plan. God has a plan and he knows that he's going to do something. So let's keep trusting him. And friends, we live in this time of COVID-19 and, and we don't know what's going to happen next. Everything is up in the air. Things are changing so fast. In all this, help us. Let us ask God to help us. To hold on to him. Because he is the solid rock on, where we, on whom we stand. Back to Jairus. The situation gets worse, gets serious. While Jesus was still speaking, he was still dealing with this woman. While you're still speaking, more bad news for Jairus. The worst news, it's a news that no parent wants to hear. Verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. And look what they say. Your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Jairus' word comes crashing down. His daughter is dead. It's all over. Finished. It's all over. 
Why bother? This is what they said. Jairus, let's go home. Why bother with this teacher? Why bother? These words have probably echoed in our own thoughts as well from time to time. We've prayed and prayed and prayed and it seems that our, answer, uh, that our prayers haven't been answered at all. Why bother praying? After all, what difference is it going to make? Why bother going to church on a Sunday? Why bother believing at all? After all, what difference does it make? Why bother? There are times in our lives, friends, when we think everything around us is collapsing and God seems totally unconcerned about our needs and our circumstances. And we might say, why bother? Let's give up. Let's throw everything up. God's delays are for divine purpose. His delays are for divine purpose. It's the purpose of God that these delays will result in greater glory for himself. Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, For we know all things God works for the good for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. All good things God works for those who love him. Do we love him this morning? All good things will work. God will work all good things together for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. It means that God is God. It means that he's sovereign God. It means that God has a plan and he's working out a big plan that you can't work out. God knows what he is doing. And no matter what God is doing, he wants us to keep trusting in him. It's not easy, friends, when fear is paralyzing us. The opposite end of faith is fear. And you and I know very well, friends, when we face a situation like that, when fear grips our heart, we don't think straight. We don't know what to do. We go to our friends. We try hard. We pray. And this is exactly what was happening to Jairus. Jesus knows his fears. He knows our fears as we, see here, as we sit here this morning. What is the fear that you're going through? He knows your fear and is concerned about it. Look at the next verse, verse 36. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. What an answer. Jesus came straight to the point. Now, in Jairus' life, he had to decide. Would he believe the terrible news or trust in Jesus? Would he stop in his tracks or continue walking with Jesus? Would he believe that Jesus had power over death as he had originally come and asked Jesus for? Will Jairus listen to the crowd and not bother? Or will he listen to Jesus? Jairus had to decide. And what a wonderful thing this is, friend, in, in a time when there was fear. We saw that in our uh, Advent series with the shepherds. When the angels appeared, they were afraid. 
don't not be afraid. Mary, she's wondering what is all going around. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Joseph, do not know what to do next. Don't be afraid. And here, friends, again, Jesus turns around to Jairus, overhearing what they said. It also means ignoring. So Jesus ignored what they were saying. He speaks to Jairus, telling him not to give up. Don't be afraid, just believe. And friends, that's a word for us this morning. Don't be afraid, just believe. I know it's easier said than done, but let's keep trusting in God. Only now, Jesus begins to go with Jairus to his house. More drama. Verse 38 to 40. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, why is all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he had put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and, and went in where the child was. Jesus comes to the home of Jairus. The crowd was there. Jairus' elite SAS troop was there with him. And Jesus sees all this commotion. The morning had already started. And when Jesus says, she's not dead but asleep, what did they do? They laughed. I mean, these people were mourning. They were wailing. And when Jesus said that at that very instant, they stopped their mourning and they began to laugh. What's going on? During Jesus' times, they were these hired professional mourners that the community would hire, the family would hire for them to mourn. And the funeral was according to the rabbinical requirements that they would hire people like that. And not only in Jesus' time, it still exists today. See, in Greece, in India, and I've seen this in India, went into this family, and they all were crying, crying. And as soon as some relatives would come, they would wail, cry, make a loud noise. And as soon as the relative is gone, they'll all keep quiet, open up the beetle leaves and start chewing and start talking among themselves, cracking a joke. And another relative comes, everything will stop. They will cry, wail. Exists even today. Here we go. In Africa and in China, there are paid professionals who would mourn, who the family would invite and pay them to mourn. So these were the people in Jairus' home who were wailing. And as soon as Jesus said, she's not dead but asleep, they all began to laugh at Jesus. And after he had put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. Told them all to leave. And he goes in where the child was. Look at the next verse, 41 to 42. He took her by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kaum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the little girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. Now, it was forbidden by the Jewish laws of the, uh, for, the, for a rabbi to touch a dead person. 
But Jesus did just that. Moved by compassion. Nothing would stop him. No barriers would stop him. Jesus went against the Jewish ceremonial laws. He took the little girl by the hand. And the word means to seize, to take a firm grip. It's as if to take the bull by its horns. It's literally taking death by its horns and disarming its power. This is who Jesus is. He is the Lord over all circumstances. He who calls us to believe and not be afraid. He who calls the dead to bring them back to life. That is who we serve this morning, friends. He is the Lord over all our circumstances. Even though the situation might seem worse, it's dead beyond our, 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 our control. Let us trust in Jesus. Let us put a hope in Jesus. Maybe we are afraid, not knowing what to do next. Let's put our trust in Jesus. When life gets out of control, every time life blows up in our face, it's an opportunity to, rem to remember that we are weak and He is strong. The answer to a problem is Jesus. And it's fascinating, even in a situation like that, the last was verse 43, it says, Jesus told them, give us something to eat. He was concerned that the child was hungry. He said, give us something to, to eat. He is God, the Lord, and yet he shows compassion and tenderness. He cares for us. This girl was 12 years old. And next Sunday, we'll be looking at this woman who was sick for 12 years, comes to Jesus. And friends, in all such situations, circumstances, let us put our trust in Jesus. We are pushed through 2021. We are now facing 2022. And let me ask you, what do you do when your world is falling apart? You might feel like giving up. You might feel like there's no hope. But there is always hope. And that's what we see in the story today, this morning. There is always hope in Jesus. The story of Jairus shows that Jesus is Lord over every situation. It's something that we need to hear over and over and over again. When life goes wrong, Jesus says to you and me, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And this morning, friends, let's give our fears over to him. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Let's pray. What are those things that come into your mind? And you're thinking, oh no, I don't like to face it in this year. Something that you don't want to go near. And maybe it might get worse this year. It might go from bad to worse. Fear might paralyze us. But friends, at this moment, let's take time to 
give our worries, our fears, our desperation. Let's give it to Jesus. Father, you know our needs this morning. Lord, you know what we are going through. You know our fears. You're the same God in the time of Jairus, and you're, you're our God today. The God who never changes. Father, this morning we pray for each and every one, and for those who are watching online. Help us not to be afraid. Help us not to be afraid. But to trust in you. Just believe. Know that you are God. Know that you care for us. Be with us, we pray. As we face this year ahead of us. Be with us, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you.